You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Keith Reynolds of Dogman.com with Scott Edlin. Big recruiting weekend starting Saturday morning. Several walk-ons in town, a couple of committed players, a couple of un- uh, well, one uncommitted player, isn't it, Scott? Uh, yeah, well, from a scholarship standpoint, there's actually two uncommitted players that are coming in. That's right. We'll break that all down and uh, talk a little bit about the recruiting weekend coming up. Weather-wise in Seattle, for those out of town, it's just uh, – it looks like the rain rain in the forecast for the next 30 days so um not the best weather but uh is what it is that's what you get in late january but scott um first of all let's talk uh, about some of the walk-ons that are going to be coming in these are preferred walk-ons which means um they bypass the um normal requirements of UW to get into school they can qualify with the NCA minimums like the rest but uh you know uh, some added benefits they can also show up to a camp earlier than the non-preferred walk-ons and uh, just because they are on campus and they have the preferred walk-on offer doesn't mean they're coming to UW but taking a look at that list Scott of guys that they've offered the preferred walk-ons slots any of them really jump out at you if they could grab would be an absolute steal well i think both of the defensive back well okay there's three defensive backs but the two that i really like are the two local guys case and kinchin out of lake stevens lamar campbell out of sumner um lamar campbell was playing at i believe river ridge is where he was playing uh last year and he transferred into sumner um and basically took over a starting gig and never never let go of it. Came out, really played well. He's 6'1", 175 pounds, could play safety, probably will play corner at the next level. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Kaysen Kinchin, really sticky cover guy, 5'11". He's on the smaller side, 165 pounds, so he needs to put on a little bit of size. But these are both guys who I could see down the road earning scholarships. Now, that being said... With the way Washington recruits defensive backs, at least the way they did under Jimmy Lake, and I don't feel that's probably ever going to change as long as Jimmy Lake is here, whether it's as a head coach or the DB coach, he uh, he's going to recruit the secondary really well. So are they going to have enough spots to give uh, you know scholarships to guys? We'll have to wait and see. But both of those guys like them a lot. And then uh, Mekki uh, Pay, a uh, Guy from Hawaii who doesn't have all the measurables you're looking for, but he's got all of the intangibles. He's smart. He's instinctive. He was the defensive MVP of the Polynesian Bowl. He's about 5'9". I think one's, where is he? Actually, we've got him listed at 6'180", so we'll just go with 6'180". I think he's a little smaller than that, but um, just really instinctive, knows how to play in space, really aggressive, and I think Washington's got a great shot with him. But the guy that really kind of sticks out, I think that most people, you know, the follow recruiting have probably heard from, you know, the name Case and Kinchin. Um, he had some early offers and those seem to have dried up. Uh, sounds a little bit like Miles Bryant. Yeah, could be. Uh, although, um, from what I'm aware of, the UCLA offer was still committable for Miles Bryant. Maybe we should uh, we could say he's um, like a lot of other guys who just have waited a little too long to make their decisions and and. uh 
and lost out on opportunities. And uh, Washington could be the benefactor of that. We'll have to wait and see. Casey Kinchin is a very talented kid, very, very instinctive. He's a, his father, I believe, is one of the coaches up there at Lake Stevens. So he's got that mind. He's been around the game for a long time. And those always seem to do really well once they get into college because they just understand the game a lot better than guys who might be great athletes, but maybe not quite as instinctive. Of all the walk-ons that are on that list, Scott, I think the guy that they have the best shot on with the preferred walk-on to get be able to do it is also a kid out of Lake Stevens in Logan Bruce. And uh, local kid, really smart kid, has an offer from Air Force. You don't get offers from Air Force unless you're top-notch, high-quality kid, definitely in OKG. Real strong family ties, good family up here, too. Do you know much about Logan Bruce? I, I do. Um, I've seen him play several times and uh, saw him at a couple camps as well. Really nice kid. Very, like you said, Kim, very smart. Um, honestly, was a little surprised they didn't offer a Braden Belmer out of Puyallup because they're almost the same kind of guy. And I think you could you could you couldn't go wrong either way. Um, I think Braden Belmer might have played a little bit be- been a little bit better as a high school player. But remember, Washington's trying to project three, four years down the road. And what will Logan Bruce be three, four years down the road compared to Braden Belmer? I guess we'll have to wait and see. But, uh, you know, Bruce is 6'5", 300 pounds. He can play some tackle. My guess is he'd be a uh, right tackle at the next level or a right guard. So we'll, we'll just have to wait. But he's got the smarts to play uh, center. So, you know, I, I think you're just going to have to wait and see how it develops. But he's another guy that that Washington could easily get and slide in there in the in the rotation eventually at some point. And then Christian Galvin, the running back out of Bothell, like him a lot, have liked him for a long time if he was just a little bit bigger. I think this is a guy who would be playing at a school like Boise State or New Mexico or UNLV. But because he isn't the biggest guy in the world, he's we've got him listed at 5'9", 180, and I think that's very generous on the height. That The weight might be pretty close, but I think he's more like 5'7", or 5'6". He's, he's on the smaller side. And if and if he's listening to this, don't kill me. But um, he he's a really good kid, smart and and very instinctive runner. And then I guess we can mention the last guy on this list that's a possible walk on, and that's Josiah Nicolau. And he's a six two three hundred pounder out of Bellarmine Prep. That's down there in Tacoma. Um, I, from everything that I'm aware of, it, it's basically just a matter of him enjoying his time because he really wanted to commit to Washington as, before he even took his visit. Um, 6'2", 300 pounds, defensive tackle. I think he's more of a zero or a one uh, tech at the next level, uh, you know, over the nose and and uh, very tough to move off the line of scrimmage. Can get a little bit of penetration for you, but his job is to stuff the run and take up blockers so guys can run free. And just a little bit of info, preferred walk-ons. Um, uh, they can get in with the NCAA minimums. They can bypass. I mean, if you're not a preferred walk-on, you have to meet the UW requirements to get into the university, which is extremely tough. And there is a limit on how many they can take. And it's not a limit for the football program. It's a limit for the university. Trying to get an answer of what that number is. It's uh, I've never been able to get a real number on that because it just depends on who's taking what. But uh, they have only so many slots and that has to cover football, basketball, um, this everything, gymnastics, softball, has to cover all of those sports. And then in addition, there's a lot more 
They're taking a harder look at what these kids are because of the uh, scandals down at USC and UCLA where they were using the preferred walk-on program to circumvent the admission standards down there. People who weren't even doing the sport were being admitted as the preferred walk-on and taking those slots, and they never even participated in the sports. So a lot more attention being paid to the admissions on that. So it's not like they can take a ton of guys. There is a limit, and those uh, numbers are distributed throughout the athletic program at the school. So you can't just take 20 preferred walk-ons so no uh, no um and uh, you know off the top of my head i want to say washington had somewhere between 10 and 15 on the roster last year and um one of them got an, a scholarship offer and they've had yeah. a lot of guys every time i do a uh, an update on a walk-on either you know signing on or whatever i always talk about who has become a scholarship player after being a walk-on the latest was adefuan ulafosio um, who got uh, a scholarship, I think it was back in December, um, you know, for the for the winter quarter. And that was pretty exciting. I actually it wasn't in, it was early January, I think is when he got it and um, at a team meeting. And um, but they've all, you know, Miles Bryant has earned a scholarship. Josiah Bronson, John Clark, those are all guys who've earned scholarships at one point or another. Peyton Henry, I think, is the next guy that will probably get a probably get a, a scholarship at some point um Isn't he, i i think he's on scholarship scott uh may, maybe he is i i thought that i had you know what you're right he did get one uh, that's my mistake so um you know i don't know who the next one would be maybe a guy like race porter who's their holder and and who um you know who does some punting he he only had a few attempts last year but um you know there there's some other guys that i i think are in line to possibly earn scholarships at some point but we'll just have to wait and see and it's and first of all you're going to get ripped by those on the uh, on twitter on social media for making a mistake yeah they can suck it so yeah. it's fine <laughs> and um the other thing is a lot of the time you'll see the seniors get awarded the um uh, scholarship if there's room available yeah. It's rare that uh, UW starts the season and they're at their full 85. It always seems to be one or two below that with attrition and injuries. So Yeah, and I think you're going to see some attrition. I think I, I can think of like four or five guys who probably won't be here um, either at the start of spring ball or by the start of fall camp. So um, just kind of be interesting to keep an eye on, on who ends up leaving and how that impacts the depth. I don't think it'll impact it too much, but you just never know eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride-or-die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Take a look at the story that Chris Fetters has. It's on the front page or slightly down a little bit where we stand on scholarships right now. Right now, if you take who's currently on scholarship and the um, 
commitments that they currently have. They're at 85, so a couple of uh, guys in this weekend. If they take one or two more, they'll need one or two more on guys with attrition, so it just depends on what they're anticipating. But a couple of the guys that uh, I've already committed in town, you've got Mark Redmond, the tight end out of Newport Beach. You've got Ethan Garbers, the quarterback, also out of Newport Beach. And then the new name, the new name, uh, Nick San- is it Sonny or Sani? I think it's Sani. Nick Sani, the tight end of Modesto. We'll talk about him as well as Tanoa uh, Togiai. But uh, Nick Sani out of Central Catholic. When I first saw that, I thought he was from Central Catholic down in the Oregon area. But it's actually in Modesto, California. And he was just offered a scholarship. Was it last night by UW, Scott? Yeah, late last night. Actually in the middle of the basketball game. How many times have we said that, you know, as far as we know, that there's only one or two guys on the board, but we always think that there's a guy we don't know about. So this looks to be the guy we didn't know about. That looks like they may have been trying to keep him under wraps. Yeah, talking to some people for a little while over the holidays, and they said the two, the two guys they're really waiting on are Jack Gary and Ta- uh, Tanoa Togiai. But they said there's at least three or four other guys that they're, they could possibly bring in that they've been recruiting pretty hard and we'll just have to wait and see. Well, um, I do know that Sonny or Sani had, had been uh, on their radar at least for the last, oh, I want to say about month. And they'd been just kind of eyeing him, keeping an eye on his film, get, you know, vetting him and doing all the things. And I think once is it, have we decided if it's Cato or Cato Durham Cato? It's Cato. Uh, yeah. Durham Cato. Um, went down and, and watched him uh, practice, or I, I guess practice, run routes, do whatever, on uh, Thursday, and then called him and made him an offer. And um, it sounds like Washington really liked him a lot, and they wanted to get him up for a visit this weekend. Now, my guess is, I, I, I know for a fact that Yeri has not told Washington that he is for sure not coming. I think that, that he's still talking to them quite a bit and still very interested in the University of Washington. But Washington wants to bring in three guys at the tight end position, and they're not going to be left with, you know, their their pants caught down if, if Yeri doesn't commit. And so they're going to make sure they have a guy on the, I don't want to call it on the back burner, but a guy ready to go if Yeri doesn't make the call. And I think that this is a guy that Washington likes a lot because he's a really good blocker. He's 6'6", he's 245 pounds, he's big. He isn't super athletic, he isn't going to blow your way with his athleticism. He's, as Brandon Huffman said, he's not the most natural pass catcher in the world. But he he's a talented kid, and I think Washington sees him as a guy that, hey, he might not be a guy who catches 40, 50 balls for us, but what he's going to do is help us in the running game, and that's what we need more of is helping the running game and making sure those edges are secure. Well, you take a look at, you know, the trend that we're starting to see with the use of tight ends and you take a look at what Seattle has in George Fant and uh, he's a big guy. He plays tight end, but he's not a guy who's going to go out in um, in pass patterns a lot. He's not going to be a primary target. He's not going to catch a bunch of balls, but he's back there, you know, like a fullback. He's an extra tackle. And, you know, you get this kid up to, you know, 245 pounds in high school. I don't think it's difficult to project and putting on 20 20, 25 pounds, and he can be that blocking tight end, act as, you know, line him up on the line. He's an extra offensive lineman and move him all around. But, uh, you know, the thing of it is, if he was 6'3", 210, 220, it's different. But this kid's 6'6", 
Mm-hmm. And he's six six. He's good sized kid. So even we'll if we're s- off by an inch, Kim, that's still six five. Yeah, he's that's a, still plenty tall enough. Yeah, he's a big kid. And you know the thing of it is, you know, we've seen scenarios in the past where you know they're going to take they'll take Jack Yuri no matter what. That's yes. a kid. The offer's on the table. Whenever he wants to commit, they would take it, you know, and they may have some kind of an agreement with this kid, you know, just, hey, if you commit and we're able to get Yeri, we may want you to red shirt, possibly gray shirt and enroll in December, get bigger, stronger, faster. I'm not saying that's a scenario, but that's something I could see as well. But uh, nothing wrong with having the insurance policy. And like I said, the kid kind of intrigues me. Um, you know, some of the posters on the board makes me absolutely crazy. They don't know nothing about him and they just look at the offers um, and that's fine. And they don't think he's that good of a player just based upon the offers. Well, there are guys that slide under the radar, but this kid, like I said, the size intrigues me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. You know, I guess, you know, Durham Cato hasn't done anything to earn my, my trust in him, but he hasn't done anything to not earn my trust. So their sal- once again, I say it over and over, their salary is based on them finding the best guys they can to come in and play. And if they don't get enough of those guys that are going to be difference makers, they're going to be not earning their salary anymore. So I'm willing to just trust that the coaches know what they're doing. And, and why don't we wait until and see the results before we worry about what this is going to what this means? If you take you know, the, if you take the recruiting class, you know, you rate it one to twenty four, one to twenty five. And you take the last guy on the bottom that you're going to take a chance on. You know, this looks like a kid that you I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with the the last guy in your class being a guy that you project. And it's either, you know, high upside, high risk, high reward. But he's got the size, you know, and that's the big thing. And taking a chance on a guy with size. I have no issue with that. Yeah, I don't either. I I don't either. And and some people are just going to see the negative in it. And I don't. You know, I tend to be kind of negative at at times, pessimistic, I guess is a better way of putting it. I tend to be a little bit more pessimistic about stuff, but stuff like this, I I just, I'm like, I don't know enough about this kid to say one way or the other, you know, how good he is or how bad he is. So you can't just base it on the offers. No, no. Some kids get overlooked. Some guys develop late. There's lots of different reasons why guys, um, don't don't end up getting offered and sometimes schools just don't need a lot of tight ends i think more and more offenses are using tight ends so that might not necessarily be be in play anymore but yeah i you, none of us really know that much about this kid so let's just kind of wait and see what he can do well it kind of reminds me a little bit of the story of james a toy a toe and it's a kid that they had in camp and they liked him a lot and he's out of the dals nobody goes to the dals down in oregon to recruit guys they were going to offer him, but they know the minute they offer a guy who doesn't have any offers, the offers start coming in and they kept recruiting him and they kept on telling him it was coming, it was coming, it was coming. And they never offered him. And, you know, Sark said his head was on a swivel and uh, Dan Cazetto, you know, the head was on the swivel all the time wondering, is anybody going to offer this guy? Because the minute an offer would come in for James, they were going to offer him. They offered him the last weekend and brought him in on the last weekend so nobody else could get after him. You know, and James Atoa was a good player here. He started a lot of games, and yeah, they took a risk on him, but remember how big he was? Hold on. Did he really start a lot of games? Yeah. No, he's, he was a full starter for his full senior year. Okay. And he started probably about half his junior year. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, what was he, 6'7", 340? 
Yeah, he was huge. I know that. Really, and he was a good run blocker. Struggled a little bit in pass pro, but he had the intangibles that you're looking for. But he he played quite a bit at University of Washington. But you know, you take a risk on a guy. Not like I said, if it's the 25th guy you're taking in the class, I don't have an issue with you know grabbing a guy, especially if it's a tight end who's six six and two forty five. And I fully agree with that sentiment. Uh, if this is one of the last guys you take in the class, don't worry about it. Let the coaches try and develop someone. Tanoa Togiai. Tell people about Tanoa Togiai out of Rigby, Idaho. I don't even well, know where Rigby, Idaho is. Uh, um, you know what? I'm trying to think of it off of the top of my head. I, I think that it's over. You know, I'd have to look it up, but I think it's just out. I don't think it's far, very far outside of Boise, but I could be wrong on that. I'll, I'd have to look it up. But um, basically, he's a he's a huge kid. Six. He's almost six six, and he's two nine two eighty five. I think in that range and um just a really big uh guy very athletic for for a guy his size i mean you just don't see a lot of guys his size being able to move like he does and um you know he's a he's a player that washington has been recruiting for a little while they've known about him i mean uh ikaika malloy has probably known this kid for over three years because of of where the kid lives and uh, you know, uh, Ikaika was recruiting, recruiting that area and everything like that. So Washington likes him as a, as a, uh, defensive end in their, in their program, uh, that they can put out on the edge and be a strong side defensive end and really hold things tight. He, the prop, the, not, I don't want to say the problem, but the, the thing about Togiai is he definitely wants to take his mission. At least that's what he's telling everybody right now. That can always change, but he wants to take his LDS mission. He's, he's Mormon. So even if they get him today, they won't see him for probably a couple of years. And if that's the case, then, you know, I, you know, Washington really, it's still, they're still really not bringing in anybody in the 20, uh, 20, uh, 2020 recruiting class to play defensive line. And, and hopefully that doesn't hurt them down the road. I think if guys develop like they think they're going to, it won't really hurt them very much. But that, that also leaves a very small margin for next year because you have to bring in three or four guys. And one of those guys is JT2 in Malau. So, but I'm getting off the subject. Tanoa uh, Togiai is a talented kid. He's struggled with some injuries and he's been more of a basketball player for a long time. So this is a guy that Washington may uh, need to work a lot with before they really get him in the you know before the, he can really do very much for them. But he's got a lot of great tools to work with. Like I said, size. Like I said, athleticism. And uh, you know, Washington likes their their guys big and long on the end, and that's exactly what this guy has. I hit my mute button. Oh, okay. As gotcha. I coughed, okay. it wouldn't come back on. Okay. A <laughs> um, little bit of news out uh, within the conference outside of Washington, former Washington GA, really highly thought of Gerald Alexander, the defensive backs coach, secondary coach down at Cal, who a lot of people thought would take Jimmy Lake's place on the defensive side of the ball. And a lot of rumors that he may be returning to Washington accepted a job for the Miami Dolphins. He's probably the best recruiter at Cal. That is a big hit for Cal. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. He's, like you said, a really good recruiter. He's a really good developer of talent. And it'll be interesting to see who uh, Justin Wilcox goes after to take his place. Um, 
you know, is there a chance that Terrence Brown could get hired as that guy? I don't think so, but who knows? You know, I mean, there's a lot of different moving parts and this is a situation where hopefully uh, for Justin Wilcox's sake, because we like Justin Wilcox, he was up here. We've got, we know a lot of people in that program down there at Cal. So um, other than playing Washington, I don't want Cal to to struggle. Um, So, uh, you know, hopefully for Jonathan, uh, Justin Wilcox, I keep wanting to say Jonathan Wilcox, Justin Wilcox's sake, he kind of had an idea that that Gerald was going to at least look at some other opportunities out there. And he's he was doing some networking at the coaching convention, which just ended about a week and a half ago. So, um, you know, I, I think that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah. So uh, don't be surprised if you hire somebody that's got some Washington ties somewhere along the line so it wouldn't surprise me do you think what about keith uh, hayward that would be interesting yeah because keith hayward right now shares that that spot that the secondary spot with uh dante or dante dante williams williams oregon, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah at oregon and and justin wilcox has worked with keith hayward and they like each other quite a bit they worked here up at the university of washington and also down at usc yeah, interesting name. Keep an eye on. Definitely something to keep an eye on. And I know people keep hate it when we talk about Oregon, but you know what? Auburn, Alabama, they keep an eye on each other. Same thing. Oregon and Washington, keeping an eye on each other. So anything else in recruiting we got to talk about, Scott? Uh, not a lot. I, I expect a, at least a couple visits next weekend um, at the University of Washington. Pro- most likely going to be uh, preferred walk-ons. There's a, another one that just got an offer in because I can't pull up our site. I can't remember his name, but he's out of Saguaro. Um, just got offered the other day um, at the preferred walk-on. I should say he knows uh, Jacoby Covington. He's a guy who wa- he told me that Washington is a school that he really wants uh, wanted an offer from, and he's pretty excited about it. And said it was too late for him to be able to get up this weekend, so he's looking at coming in next weekend. I would expect maybe a couple more guys. And you never know, there could be another scholarship guy that comes in on an official visit. So just keep your eyes peeled for stuff like that. Other than that, we're going to wrap things up on February 5th. And then we're fully into the 2021 recruiting cycle, even though we're kind of already into it um, quite a bit. But um, I'll be doing player evals. I'll be doing big boards, things like that. So just keep an eye out for that. Scott Eklund already working on our second signing day, which is February 4th, so uh, stay Fifth. tuned. And February, all 5th. February, February 5th. 5th. And we'll yeah. be rocking and rolling all before that, so uh, always a lot. It never slows down, Scott. It's always and It doesn't, it's and, and it's it, it's fun and uh, also exhausting at times. So yeah. We, it, it, but is anyone going to feel sorry for us, Kim, covering recruiting and football? Oh, no. I yeah. mean, Chris and I are single guys. I mean, we, we do our own schedule, but you, you're married with two kids, and it all – Kids tend to commit when you have a dinner engagement with your wife and the kids are all dressed up and then all hell breaks loose every time, every time. So, hey, from all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds along with Scott Eklund. Go dogs. (laughs) 